the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. All righty then. Good Friday morning to you. Thank you for joining us. For Always Right Radio, it is the 26th morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2023. And, uh, wow, it's the start of Memorial Day weekend, which is always a good thing. It's a glorious thing. It's a celebration. Uh, well, it's a commemoration, of course, of those we have lost on Memorial Day, but it's also a celebration of Americana. Uh, there's going to be parades celebrating on Monday. There's uh, all kinds of wonderful events going on that celebrate things that deserve celebration. Again, we celebrate the lives of those we have lost, whether they be in military or just in our personal lives. Some people think that Memorial Day is specific to military deaths. It's not, although that is a big part of it, but it's, you know, it's to memorialize everyone uh, that we have lost. Um, so, we celebrate the lives of those who have passed on. We celebrate the accomplishments. In the cases of many of those military or first responders, these types of things, we celebrate their sacrifices. That's what parades are for. And I'll be at a parade on Monday, as I am virtually every year, except for 2020 when they canceled it. Or was it 2021 when they canceled it? Uh, yeah, it was both, I guess. Two years in a row, right? 
Uh, but at any rate, uh, we've been going to the parade on Memorial Day for many, many years, my family and I, and um, and we enjoy it. And we enjoy, again, the celebration of Americana. We pay tribute to um, police and fire as they come by. There are all kinds of high school bands, all kinds of local community groups, lots of flag waving, lots of lots of American flag waving. Which I am distinguishing for a reason, because this is the kind of thing that parades is supposed to, are supposed to be for. These are accomplishments. We take great pride in our country because of its accomplishments. We take great pride in uh, our fallen because of what they sacrificed. We take great pride and celebrating all things that make this country the most wonderful free nation in the history of human civilization. It's, a, it's, it's, worth, it's worth celebrating. I can understand why we have parades on Memorial Day. You probably can, too. I say that, of course, in contrast to the parades that are going to be held next month in the month of Groom. In Groom, there are going to be pride parades also, but not proud of America parades. No stars and stripes. At least not ones that are red, white, and blue. I mean, different kinds of flags flying. Different kinds of uh, displays and exhibits and parade marchers all around the country. I find it interesting that those parades are going to go on for an entire freaking month. We'll get one day to memorialize the fallen. We get one day to say thank you to and commemorate our veterans. We get one day to celebrate the independence and the birth of a nation on July 4. The Revolutionary War heroes who fought to create this republic, we get one day to take pride in that. We take one day to celebrate the birth of our Savior, those who are Christians. We get one day for all of these extraordinary things. But there's an entire month of parades and pride nights at games, pride displays in stores. And it just, it just begs the question that I kind of just stumbled upon last night on Twitter. I tripped over myself and, and, and typed something that I'm now obsessed with getting an answer to. I tripped over myself and saw myself responding to a tweet from somebody. I don't know who this somebody is, to be 100% honest. But this person um, tweeted about pride. This person tweeted with a great big rainbow flag waving as the video image of the tweet. This person tweeted, and I quote, You can pull all the merchandise you want. You can boycott all the products you want. You can put in effect all the policies and laws you want. 
but you cannot cancel pride. We won't let you with the rainbow flag flying there. And so I just, I didn't know what to say. I don't even know if I was consciously typing. I just let my fingers loose and I typed just a few very short lines that said, pride in what? That's what I tweeted. Pride in what? What have you accomplished that deserves pride parades, pride days, pride months, pride displays? Serious question, I wrote. Proud of what? Pride is usually something someone feels in themselves because they accomplished something. So what is your great feat that, that commands all of this attention? End quote. That's it. That's what I wrote. I, it wasn't even planned. I just, I saw this, you can't cancel pride. We won't let you. And I'm thinking, you know, that's not been explored very much. Proud of what? Proud of the different types of people that you like to have sex with? That's, that's, worth, that's worth pride displays? Because you like to have sex with people just like you instead of people of the opposite sex? That, that's, that's worth displays in the stores? Pride nights at the ball yard? Proud of what? Proud that you might have a psychological condition, a disorder known as gender dysphoria that makes you think that you're something different, that you might not even be human, that you might be animal, you might be therian, as they call it. That that that's worth a that's worth a parade down Main Street in every town USA because you're confused about yourself. Pride in what? I look at Memorial Day. And I'm glad the Memorial Day weekend is here. We'll have a best of show on Monday because we're going to the parades. I know why I want to go to the parade. I'm proud of our veterans. I'm proud of our military. I'm proud of our country. I'm proud of the people we've lost. I want to commemorate them. I understand the reason for that parade and many of the others. But it's interesting Things that we actually take pride in, celebrating the courage and the accomplishments and the fortitude that it took to tell the King of England, no more. We will not be oppressed and abused by you any longer. We are our own nation, and we will fight for that status. And we will bleed, and we will die for that status. And we will declare our independence. We will write our own constitution. We will form our own republic. That is the opposite of everything that you do in the monarchy. I take great pride in that. We get one day. Yeah, we get get the 4th of July. We We get a parade, maybe. We get a fireworks show at night. Why do we get 30 parades, a month of parades, a month of celebrations and pride nights and groomer festivals? Why do we celebrate? What's the accomplishment? 
pride usually is. I, I was proud of my daughter last Saturday as she walked the stage, shook Larry Arn's hand, and accepted her degree from Hillsdale University. I was proud of that. Hell, I wanted to throw her a parade. She accomplished something, as did all of the other graduates at that school, as did all of the other graduates at every school. That's a, that's a, be proud. You did something. That's a little bit different than saying, I'm proud that I'm non-binary. I'm neither male nor female. Throw me a freaking parade. What? I'm proud that sometimes I like to sleep with men, and sometimes I like to sleep with women. I'm the B in LGBT. I'm bi. Throw me a pride night at the ball yard, because I like sex with all types of different people. What? Somebody is going to have to explain this to me. As Denzel said in Philadelphia... Ironically, a movie about a gay lawyer. But as Denzel said, explains to me like I'm a six-year-old. What are you celebrating with an entire month of parades? What have you accomplished? What feat have you achieved that make you worthy of people applauding you? What have these groups that are going to be on the ball field at Dodger Stadium on Groom 16th, what, 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 are, what are they going to be applauded for? What are the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, the drag troupe that mocks Catholicism in every imaginable way, what have they accomplished that, that, that will deserve the applause of thousands of people at a baseball game. What did, what have you done to make the world a better place, to make your community a better place? What have you done? Why are you there? Why are we celebrating people's sexual preferences and proclivities? And if we are going to celebrate sexual preferences, why are there not? Equal numbers of pride marches, parades, nights, and displays for people whose sexual choice, orientation, preference is natural, straight, man-woman unity. We can be proud. All right, I'm proud. I didn't accomplish anything by being this. It's just, just who I am. It's who, it's who 99% of the population is. But if that's what we're celebrating is just what you are, well, we're, we're a whole lot of other people here that deserve some nights, don't they? So somebody try to explain that to me today. As we get ready to celebrate Memorial Day and achievements and accomplishments of this great nation, as well as commemorating the loss of those we, who have passed on, especially those who lost their lives in giving sacrifice to the country, military veterans, as we get prepared to actually celebrate and attend a parade for something that has been achieved, somebody tell me why the entire month of groom is going to be filled with parades and honors for people who accomplished nothing, except to either have a different sexual appetite than the majority of the population or 
are suffering through some kind of psychological disorder or another that makes them think they're dogs or cats or others, uh, men and women, uh, the opposite sex, and so forth. Somebody tell me what the accomplishment is. Where's the pride coming from? I'd very much like to know. Coming up in about 10 minutes, we're going to talk to Claire Lopez. Claire Lopez with the Center for Security Policy is going to be with uh, uh, Lisa Woods and the team at Medina County Friends and Neighbors tomorrow. She's going to give us a sneak preview of what she's going to talk about. It's very important stuff. Uh, A little bit later on in the program, we are going to be talking with, um, oh, we're going to be, this this is going to be a treat. I'm very much looking forward to Terry Smith. If you don't know Terry Smith, he is an encyclopedic reciter of historical texts and speeches. It's remarkable. and He's got one for us. It's coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. It's specific to Memorial Day, specific to pride in America that you're going to want to hear. So we got Claire Lopez on the front end, Terry Smith on the back end, and a whole bunch of time in between for your calls at 216-901-0945. And now, before we take our break... Let's go ahead and show our pride in our country by standing. Face your flag, the red, white, and blue star-spangled one. In case there is any confusion, put your hand on your heart and join us. If you are a believer in 30 days of celebration of non-accomplishments, which are coming in the month of groom, well, then you can just go ahead and ignore that flag. As for the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all 26 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock it's always right radio on AM 1420 The Answer it's nobody Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Always Right Radio with Bob Franz on The Answer. Nine thirty-five. Good Friday morning to you again. Happy start of Memorial Day weekend to you. And of course, we say happy. We celebrate it with the parade on uh, on Monday. But of course, take some time to commemorate those who lost their lives, particularly those who lost their lives in service to the country, but all of our own personal losses as well. But it is also a three day weekend, so enjoy that day on Monday. We'll have a best of uh, Always Right Radio for you on Monday, as uh, we will be indeed enjoying that and celebrating that holiday. So tomorrow is going to be a great day as well if you are in Medina because it's uh, Medina County Friends and Neighbors uh, on Saturday. They go uh, every, virtually every other, every other Saturday, and they have wonderful presenters and guests, and this time it's one of the very best. Claire Lopez is the founder and the president of Lopez Liberty LLC with a mission to alert and educate Americans on a range of national security threats, and many of those are coming to light right now. Claire has also been with the Center for Security Policy uh, and a number of other organizations. She is also an advisor to the EMP Act America, or to EMP Act America, uh, which is kind of a task force focusing on electromagnetic pulse threats to this country. And I can tell you that I am fascinated by that one and also just a little bit terrified. So she's going to be speaking in... Uh, 
uh, Medina tomorrow at McFan, but she has been kind enough to give us a little bit of a taste of what that talk is going to sound like and look like right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Claire Lopez, welcome back to Cleveland, anyway, or Northeast Ohio. So good to have you back on the program. How are you? Well, thank you, Bob. Very glad to be with you, and I'm looking forward to uh, visiting Cleveland again. Well, I'll tell you what, we're looking forward to having you. It's always a, it's always a treat for us uh, whenever we get to see or hear you. And, uh, and I know those who can't be there tomorrow are going to appreciate this. So let's, um, let's talk a little bit about what the plans are for tomorrow. Lisa, in her promotion of, of your talk, kind of give us a little taste yesterday. Uh, and, and I want to get into a little bit of depth on it with you, or at least as much as you can in the time that we have allotted here. There are a lot of threats in this country that people do not realize are kind of coming together. It's kind of a gathering storm. And it's kind of a uh, a bit of a uh, a reminder that the quote unquote red green axis is still out there. The red representing communists and uh, the green representing Islam. These threats are coming together at a time when there is an American anti American ideology that's taken root in all of our institutions or many of our institutions. And you're going to talk about that communist Marxist agenda and how it aligns with the Islamic movement. Can you? We haven't talked about it. a lot of people haven't brought up. You know, Islamic terror or Islamic threats uh, in recent years. Um, uh, so can you give us a little bit of an idea of what that looks like today? Well, sure. So, um, you know, I work also with another group called Understanding the Threat, led by John Guandolo. And this is the kind of material that we uh, provide during our training courses, um, the one called Into Action for Local uh, Communities. Um, just regular American citizen patriots. And we talk about this red-green axis of threat. I think a lot of um, American citizens are now becoming aware, uh, maybe more than ever in the last few years, of the threat from communism and Marxism. Certainly as parents and kids were stuck at home uh, during all these lockdowns and school shutdowns, um, the parents had a chance to sort of look over the kid's shoulder at the laptop on the kitchen table mm-hmm. and uh, see what the curriculum uh, was being that was being provided to their kids, and they were horrified, and then they were angry. And a lot of that had to do, as people now know, with critical race theory, uh, a very divisive uh, Marxist-communist uh, ideology that seeks to divide people according to groups, groups like uh, inherent, inherent characteristics of race, uh, color, uh, and so forth. Um, and, and so that's become very much um, a, a point of contention for parents who then, um, you know, to their credit, have, have gone to these school boards and in many cases succeeded in changing the makeup of those school boards at uh, the next election. So that's part of it. Um, and, you know, the rest of it is, is, a, is a more insidious form I guess, of infiltration across, like you said, Bob, of our institutions. And it goes back kind of to um, the, the term that was at least popularized um, by uh, Rudy Dutschke, the German communist, uh, long march through the institutions. The ideas came from earlier in the 20th century, the Italian communist Antonio Gramsci, um, <clears throat> but it means that communism, the forces of communism, um, methodically uh, pursued infiltration, co-option, propaganda inside of our academia, our faith communities, our government at every level, our media, certainly, even the military now. Um, And so these are some of the kinds of things that 
maybe some people are seeing sort of explode onto the current scene um, more recently, but they've been a long time, I don't know what you would say, germinating uh, within our society. Claire Lopez is our guest, uh, and, and yeah, I love uh, John. Uh, we haven't had John on in a bit. We're going to have to get him back on again with Understanding the Threat, John Guandolo. Uh, and thank you for the reminder that you're working with them and that you're giving these presentations and your 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 these trainings and teaching people what to look for. Um, let's let's focus on the the C part for a moment, the Communist part, and specifically the CCP. Um, I, I, I'm I'm interested in your take, and maybe I should have read something that you've probably already written on it on the balloon threat. Um, we, we, we watched that spy balloon, which was acknowledged to be a spy balloon, cross and traverse the entire continental United States, gathering information from whatever sources they wished, uh, flying over military sites and, and so forth, uh, and waited until it got into the Atlantic Ocean to shoot it down, ostensibly according to the administration, you know, because we didn't want it to land and harm anybody, despite all of that wide open area that it, uh, that it flew over. What was the goal of that in your mind, Claire Lopez? Well, I think what we're seeing is the utter disdain, the, 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 um, the attitude of the Chinese Communist Party and its leadership, Xi Jinping, um, that they can do whatever they want uh, against the United States. And I did write something about this balloon caper, if you will, um, and, and it was to the effect that uh, not only was it a spy mission, clearly... Uh, the the uh, the software, the gear, the the cameras, and so forth that were carried uh, on board, or you know, it actually slung sort of below uh, the uh, the balloon itself. That equipment obviously was intended to, and it did collect, as you say, sensitive data flying over nearby our military installations, very sensitive uh, national security installations across the entire continental United States. And by the way. Um, if a gnat leaves mainland China and heads eastward across the Pacific Ocean, it's picked up. We know that. Our military leadership knows that. So there's no excuse that they didn't know or, you know, certainly by the time it crisscrossed over the Aleutian Islands of, the, of Alaska and then entirely down the west coast of uh, Canada before entering uh, mainland uh, lower 48 U.S. states, that thing was tracked. They knew what it was. And they did nothing about it. NORAD, which is a, a combined uh, military force between Canada and the United States, did nothing. Um, but, but but back to the point that I was making there. Actually, before you go back to that point, Claire. Claire, Claire I'm yeah. sorry. Before you go back to the point, everything you just said is very easily is verifiable and easily proven as far as what they knew and when they knew it. And, and as you say, they can track that and pick it up immediately. And yet they let it go anyway, which just begs the question, and this might sound political in nature, but... Um, some have surmised, including those who presented at the Oversight Committee hearing last week in which they had witnesses testifying about the Biden family relationship with uh, with foreign uh, adversaries. Uh, and and it was it was argued by many that this was probably part of what China demanded in order to keep quiet about what they had going on with the Biden administration or the uh, Biden family during his vice vice presidential run that you owe us and that there's nothing Joe Biden is going to do to stop China because they have the goods on him. Any thought on that being possible? Well, that's certainly the appearance of it. Absolutely the appearance of it. Um, but, but 
to, to the article that I wrote, um, uh, where did I put this? I think maybe at my Newsmax blog, but I, I don't remember it for sure some months ago now, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, the disdain, the contempt that with which the, the Chinese Communist Party leadership holds um, the United States government, the Biden administration in particular, and yes, they very well could be, very well may be compromised. But I think it was a demonstration, okay, flying that balloon across the United States, at least expecting, maybe not knowing, but expecting that the Biden administration would do nothing to stop it, um, was a demonstration not just for themselves to confirm their own uh, control, if you will, over the Biden administration, but a demonstration to the United States people, to, to us and to the world, uh, our friends, allies and adversaries all alike, that our current administration will not lift a finger to defend this country. Um, and, 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 and that goes for our southern border, across which, uh, you know, the Chinese Communist Party, in collusion with the Mexican drug cartels, uh, is pouring uh, millions of, of tablets of fentanyl, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the deadly opioid, killing over 100,000 Americans last year, last fiscal year, and on track to do more this year. They're demonstrating by this that our government, our current government, administration of Joe Biden will not lift a finger to defend America. And that is designed, in my opinion, I think, to erode whatever kind of trust or faith that the American people may yet have had in the institution of our government to to destroy it, as our faith and trust in other institutions already has been destroyed. Uh, I, I think that was in part a psychological operation. I think that's true. And, um, and and last question on this, I guess. Um, when Xi Jinping met with Vladimir Putin just a couple of months ago, you know, obviously as the war rages on with Ukraine, um, you know, the the obvious inference here is that they are collaborating collaborating with one another and probably discussing ways to deal with their mutual enemy. Not that China may consider us an enemy, but certainly an adversary. Uh, but they're getting together, and that would be just an extraordinary union of you know two communist powers all with the shared goal of perhaps knocking the united states down several pegs how alarmed should we be yes that that's exactly uh, what what that meeting was about as well as the earlier meeting just before the february 2022 invasion of uh, of ukraine by russia um and the, the the thing that struck me though is how cautious the chinese regime is being with regard to the assistance that it actually offers to Putin and to Russia. Not the, not the press releases after the, the glad handing in Moscow, but the actual assistance has been quite limited, honestly, from China to Russia uh, for its uh, war of aggression, uh, the invasion of Ukraine. And I think that has to do with the fact that China uh, has relatively a small percentage of its uh, trade with Russia. But it depends massively on trade with the West, in particular the United States, for its economy, which is an export economy, not so much a yet a, a domestic consumption economy. It must export. And if the West, the United States, uh, other countries of Europe and so forth, were to reimpose, sanctions 
very tough tariffs and sanctions like President Trump did in response to some kind of an overt, very, um, you know, significant uh, Chinese assistance, military, legal assistance to Russia, that would devastate the Chinese economy, and they know it. Uh, That, I think, bears watching. Claire Lopez is our guest this morning on AM 1420, The Answer. Claire is going to be speaking tomorrow morning at Medina County Friends and Neighbors. That's Lisa Wood's wonderful group. Uh, and she's going to be talking about this threat, the the, uh, the communist threat, and how it uh, kind of coincides and works together with the Islamic threat. You're also going to talk about EMPs. I mentioned that you were um, uh, uh, a part of the, uh, what's the name of the group, uh, your EMP organization? I apologize. Uh, Claire? Do we lose Claire? Uh, oh, I see. Oh. Yeah, no, you're, you're talking about the task force. The task force, uh, the, the task MP task, task force. force, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, my, my wife and I um, probably spend an inordinate amount of time talking about EMPs. When we talk about threats to the country, the one that always kind of freezes her and just kind of makes her eyes get really wide and is the thought of an EMP and, and, and what it would do. We'll, if we ever take a trip and we drive past any Amish buggies, we look and say, they're the survivors. They're the survivors. They're the only <laughs> ones who don't need tech to grow food, to, to, you know, to, uh, to provide for themselves, to live off the land and so on and so forth. It's a, it's a terrifying thought about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse for those who do not know. Tell us about your work with the task force. Tell us about why you feel this task force is even necessary. Well, the, the task force was, was formed um, originally um, by Dr. Peter Vincent Pry, whom we tragically lost uh, to cancer last year. Uh, he was our leader, our mentor, um, and, um, and, and so we, we miss him terribly. Uh, but, but the purpose of, of the task force uh, was to um, uh, alert the American people and especially our elected representatives and, and the government as well um, to, to the threat uh, posed to our civilian electric grid. And the threats are not just from an EMP, as you said, electromagnetic pulse weapon, uh, which is a nuclear weapon exploded in the upper atmosphere 30 to 50 kilometers up into the atmosphere. Um, but the threats to our civilian electric grid, because it is so poorly uh, fortified or, or, or defended, um, include cyber threats, as, as well as just very physical on-the-ground threats, as we've seen in places like Washington State and North Carolina over the past year or so, uh, with um, uh, just, just uh, on-the-ground uh, assailants with, with uh, automatic uh, weapons fire shooting into uh, substations. Um, and so that is part of, uh, of what we're, we're talking about in terms of urging uh, measures be taken at the local level if the federal level won't do it. And some at the local level are doing it, by the way. Um, but, but to strengthen and, and to harden the civilian grid against the whole range of threats, be it EMP, be it the, uh, the cyber threat, uh, most notably from Iran, from Russia, from China, um, and the on-the-ground kind of, uh, you know, just kind of criminal uh, attacks that, that we have seen take place. You know, I, I, I really try not to be alarmist, but I see things like this headline, Claire, and, and I cannot help but think of EMPs. Uh, and, and just four days ago, we, we got news that satellite phones were being given to all 100 senators. 
in the in the event of an emergency. Emergency sat phones issued to senators fuel all kinds of speculation about why they would need sat phones. And the only thing, of course, that we can think of is there's no other way to communicate, no other way to organize, no other way to coordinate with themselves, with one another, with government, also with their families. You see things like that and some people, ah, conspiracy theories. I mean, there's got to be a reason why they're doing this right now, isn't there? Well, I don't know exactly. And the odd thing that, that, that stood out to me was that the sat phones were not be- being given to all 100 senators, but only 50 of them. Which 50? Half. Um, but never mind. Um, uh, what I will say is that what we know, um, thanks again to President Trump, who stood up the Space Command uh, during his tenure in uh, the Oval Office, the uh, Space Command, as we now know, uh, has been working together with Elon Musk, who uh, has a network um, of of uh, satellites uh, in the atmosphere um, that can be used uh, as a uh, redundancy or a backup uh, in case um, you know communications on Earth are electric grid, for example, goes down. Um, so, so that is something very uh, fascinating to me. Um, but uh, this um, network of, of satellites that, that Elon Musk has up there, thousands of them now, I don't even know how many exactly, um, uh, that, that are arrayed around the Earth, um, are, are uh, in collaboration with the Space Command to provide a redundancy, a backup, a re- recovery um, uh, capability uh, should our uh, electric grid and communications go down here on Earth. The other thing, by the way, that, that Elon Musk is doing, uh, this guy's all over the place, um, is in You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on Earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Right Radio with Bob Franz on AM 1420. The answer. Ten minutes after 10 o'clock and hour number two is underway. Good Friday morning to you. It is the start of Memorial Day weekend. If you're traveling, travel safely. Also tell me uh, if you won the lottery because in order to travel, you're going to have to spend an awful lot of money on flights or uh, driving because fuel is still at an extraordinarily high, high uh, uh, cost to all of us, whether it be jet fuel reflected in your, your, your uh, flights or your driving. It's still brutal. It is still brutal, and it is all 100%, or at least it would have been 100% uh, preventable. That's one thing we know for sure. So if you're traveling for the weekend, uh, good for you. Tell me how you're able to afford it. I know I'm not going anywhere. Uh, it's, it is. It's a, it's a tough thing. Um, but we talked at the beginning of the show about uh, Memorial Day and about how we're going to have parades on Monday, and we're going to have pride in our country on Monday. That's what Memorial Day parades are about. We're honoring the sacrifices and those who lost their lives primarily in the military who gave their lives as sacrifices to all of us, but also those of us who just lost loved ones. Uh, it's a, t- a time to memorialize. That's why it's just called Memorial Day. And uh, but it, but it's a it's a big 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 Americana weekend, and that's a wonderful thing because we can all be proud of our country. It begged the question as I started our show with today: if you have parades parades to show pride in something, it's usually in an achievement. It's usually in an accomplishment. What is pride, and why do we celebrate things if we have accomplished nothing, or if they have accomplished nothing? 
And of course, I'm leading up to what we're about to experience. The entire month of groom is Pride Month. They call it Pride Month. And they're going to hold pride parades every damn day. And they're going to hold pride events in every store. And they're going to hold pride events um, that governments are sponsoring, including the Cuyahoga County Board of Health. And they're going to host pride nights at ball games. All ball games, major league baseball games. I promise you the NBA finals will include pride night celebrations as well. Pride, 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 pride. What are they proud of? What have they what have they be what have they done to earn this attention and this adulation that people should applaud for them? I've been asking that question. And I don't know the answer yet. I want the answer from you. If you've got it, I'm I'm here. I'm here to hear that answer. I put it on Twitter. If you missed the start of the show, I'll just read it again super quick. But I put it on Twitter. Um, What are you proud of? Somebody tweeted, some guy with, uh, I'm presumably pronouns in his bio. Let me take a quick look. No, shockingly not, but some Hollywood guy. Senior executive at NBC Universal, Hollywood's ultimate insider. This clown uh, tweeted, and I quote, you can pull all the merchandise you want, you can boycott all the products you want, you can put in effect all the policies and laws you want, but you cannot cancel pride. We won't let you. And that's got a great big rainbow pride flag flying. And my response was, pride in what? What have you accomplished that deserves pride? That deserves pride parades, pride days, pride months, pride displays. Serious question, proud of what? Pride is usually something that someone feels in themselves because they accomplished something. So what is your great feat that commands all this attention? That commands people stand and applaud you as you walk by? What have you done other than said, I like having sex with people just like me? Hey, super. I don't care. Go do your thing wherever it is you do it and with whom you do it. Why are you telling me and why are you giving being given a parade for it? Hey, I don't think I'm actually the sex that I am. Hey, super, go see a therapist. Why are you telling me and why do you want kids to applaud you? Hey, I actually think I might not be male or female. I'm nothing. Super, why does that make us have pride merchandise in stores for you? You have a psychological condition and we have to celebrate it? Huh? Hey, I actually think I'm an animal. I'm trans well, you really need some serious help is what you need. But why would you be on the field at a baseball game being applauded by thousands of people because you think you're something you're not? Celebrating people's sexual appetites or their mental psychological conditions or disorders is a very weird thing to do for an entire month and to demand that people do it. I'm, I'm literally asking. Why did pride become the term? And why did pride in whatever your sexual appetites are and all the other things I just listed, why did it have to last for an entire freaking month? We only get one day for Memorial Day, one day for Independence Day, one day for Veterans Day. Why on earth does this get 30 days? I'm begging somebody to explain this to me so that I can understand it. And by the way, I'll hit you with one quickie here before I go to the phones. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. And the quickie is this. Target is in deep, deep, deep trouble. $9 billion in lost revenue in a week. They are down $9 billion with a B in a week. 
that puts them on a pace to be far worse than what Bud Light suffered through and continues to suffer through, all because of their celebration of pride on children's clothing and then in their manufacturing of clothing that just makes absolutely no logical sense whatsoever, including girls' swimsuits that are, quote, tuck-friendly, so that boys can wear them and tuck themselves, if you understand the meaning. And, 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 and other swimsuits that are binder-friendly. I mean, I, it, this is just, it, it's, it's beyond perverted, it's beyond uh, disgusting, it's, it's beyond repugnant. It is in the category of grooming, which is why I have changed the name of June to the month of groom. We will indeed talk about groom all month of groom. Um, and Target is, is just begging to be made an example of, and they're already losing money. Charlie Kirk posted this yesterday, an exclusive internal email from Target leadership to management, in which they actually reaffirm their support for grooming kids and for the LGBTQ content that they are putting out there on the store, store shelves. Quote, team, I want to end the day where briefly started. On a note of care, this has been a very hard day for Target, and it follows many difficult days of deliberation and decision-making. To our team in stores, thank you for steadfastly representing our values. What are your values, Freak Show? No one is better at working through uncomfortable situations in service to an inclusive guest experience. You are not inclusive if you are excluding and pissing off an entire nation of people. What you've seen in recent days went well beyond discomfort, and it has been gut-wrenching to see what you've confronted in our aisles. To your team in the service centers, thank you for your patience and professionalism through high volumes of angry, abusive, and threatening calls. I recognize how difficult and even frightening those interactions can be, and I thank you for the composure with which you fielded those comments. To the teams who have been working so hard on our plans for pride, And now are showing incredible agility as we adjust. Thank you. Your efforts will ensure we can still show up and celebrate pride in meaningful ways. And again, I just want to ask target leadership what in the hell they're talking about. Why do they want to bring the wrath of millions of Americans who are sick and tired of this stuff upon them and their shareholders? By putting little children's I'm glad I'm queer t-shirts on display for purchase for toddlers. How does this, how's it good business? And then the, uh, the uh, email closes to the LGBTQ community. One of the hardest parts in all of this is trying to contemplate how the adjustments we're making to alleviate these threats to our team's physical and psychological safety would impact you and your well-being and psychological safety. We stand with you now, and that's where it actually cuts off. We can't fit the entire thing on there. So we stand with you. So I'm just I'm just wondering, can't help but wonder if you're uh, a, a large national retailer like Target, and you know that a very small segment of the population identifies in this uh, LGBTQ nonsense, and that's not to say everybody within it is nonsensible, but I'm, you understand the point. What What is being done is completely without any, uh, without, without any merit, without any uh, sensibility. I can't think of a better word for it than, than, than what we're seeing happen all over the country right now. 
But if you know that an overwhelming number of people are going to be livid about this, and a very, very small percentage of people are going to be like, yay, about this, why would you do this to yourself if you're a, a, a national retail company? Why would you do this to yourself? Why would you ask for billions of dollars to flow out your doors? Why would you ask millions of customers to call you to cancel their credit accounts? And then when you ask them why are you canceling and they tell you because you're grooming kids... Why would you continue that? Why would you reaffirm your support? Why would you do something? It's the same question I have for the Dodgers, the same question for Anheuser-Busch, and the same question for any and every other company that's going to engage in this, because we are done with it. 216-901-0945. TJ is in Cleveland. TJ, thank you, for, sir, for waiting. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, you know, Bob, that point you made about what are they proud of, that's one of the best points I think I ever heard in my life. What a response. It was It was genius. And, you know, when you were saying it, I'm thinking about it as a Vietnam veteran, we had to wait over 40 years before we could openly be proud of what we accomplished. Uh, but uh, the reason I called, I don't know if you've seen on the news this past week, this 16-year-old girl that uh, had uh, twins born premature and put them in a bag and threw them in a dumpster. And she's being charged with manslaughter and all kinds of other charges. And these liberal newscasters on Channel 8, you know, news in the evening, local news, they were abhorred at what this, this young girl did. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, if this young girl would have went to a state that had late-term abortion, mm-hmm. well, a doctor would have murdered them uh, uh, twins. And not only would he not have been charged, he'd have gotten a nice fat paycheck. And these liberal news people on Channel 8, would have had no problem with that. I'm talking. What what kind of hypocrisy is that? Well, it, it is uh, it is exactly that. It is hypocrisy, TJ. And uh, and your points are well made. I'm glad you brought up, by the way, the, the first part about Vietnam. When we talk about Memorial Day and we talk about those who lost their lives in service to this country. You had every right to be proud of what you did when called upon by your country to go and fight a war that was unpopular. You have every right to be proud of putting your life on the line, and you have every right to mourn the loss and memorialize the loss of your comrades in arms. You accomplished something. Regardless of the outcome of that war and the political reasons for the way it went, you accomplished something, and you deserve to be proud. You deserve the parades. You deserve uh, the commemoration, and so does everybody who put that uniform on and put their put themselves on the line. That's what pride should be reserved for, people who try very, very hard at something that is very, very difficult to accomplish, and when they meet that goal, when they make that accomplishment, when they, have, when they accomplish that, uh, that feat, whatever it was, they deserve to be proud of themselves. I'm still going to continue to ask the question, what exactly has been accomplished by the people who are going to be in these pride parades all throughout the month of groom uh tj and your uh, your your point was spot on yeah and 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 you know uh, back at that time and i know you're too young to remember uh, that bob but not only did the left deprive us of our pride <clears throat> they try to heap shame on us yeah the opposite of pride yeah, is shame just, uh, absolutely and many of us were ashamed to even say we served in vietnam you know at the time and like i said they 40 50 years later finally some recognition is starting to be given, but it's a little little bit too little, a little bit too late, as far as I'm concerned, personally. Yeah. No, it, it, I completely concur. Uh, you know, and I can't even imagine putting myself in your shoes, TJ, but I thank you for your call. And you do a great job, and a lot of others do, too, of telling us what it was like for you, and we can empathize. Uh, but that's all we can do is empathize, because we haven't gone through it. Uh, but, yeah, 
uh, forcing shame upon people who should be proud of the work that they did and they, them putting themselves on the, li- uh, on the line uh, and answering the call when their nation called them. That is, uh, that is something that's very important. It's 1023. We'll take a time out and come back right back to more calls on Always Right Radio. All right, let's go back to the phones. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Chuck calling us from Cleveland. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Chuck, fire away. Hey, I Bob. Uh, uh, they, what the, the gay pride has done is they've infiltrated the government. Okay? Chuck, you got to turn your radio off when you're calling the show, my friend. You can't do that way. Before they do that, and it wouldn't let me do it. Hold on. Yeah, you, you can never have your radio on when you're trying to talk on the radio because we're going to hear everything twice. No, I'm trying to turn my speaker off, and I won't yeah. do it. Okay, go ahead. Well, anyways, um, <laughs> they've infiltrated the government because even the president's press secretary is black and gay, don't you know? They want you to know that she's black and gay. Well, yeah, this, anyway, this, particular, this particular administration, and, and, and they announced this. Joe Biden said this from the very beginning, not just with his press secretary, but he declared, and thank you for the call, Chuck. Uh, next time, let's try to keep that speaker off and just hold the phone. But um, he announced he wanted to have the most diverse cabinet in history. He wanted the He did not want... By definition, the best cabinet in history. He did not want the most qualified cabinet in history. He did not want the most experienced cabinet in history. He wanted the most diverse cabinet in history. It's a microcosm of the entire leftist identity first movement. It's not about the best. It's not about merit. It's about inclusion. And it's about equity. And it's about uh, diversity. It's all about we need to get this deviant from this walk of life, this person from this race, this person from this nationality, this person from this sex, this person from the non-binary. I mean, all of this ridiculousness is all about pleasing the, the cultural Marxists that are working overtime to destroy this republic. It's not even up for debate. They announced that was the goal from the start. And yes, we are watching all of that perversion be taken and put on steroids in the general population. I want to know what they have done to earn an entire month. What are they proud of accomplishing to make us celebrate them? If you want to go to a baseball game or go to a store and shop, uh, why we have to celebrate, accept, and in fact applaud and show support for all of this nonsense. What if, have they done to earn Pride Month? We'll continue right after this. This is AM 1420, The Answer, WHK, W273DG, Cleveland, a service of... Ten fifty-five. We continue on Always Right Radio. It's a free-for-all Friday. We're going to keep that mantra going, and uh, we'll follow that plan until about eleven thirty-five. When Terry Smith is going to join us, he's a he's a phenomenal um, historian who who recites historical speeches, and he's got one for us that's going to be coming up at eleven thirty-five today from memory. Uh, straight memory. He's he's wonderful, and uh, we're going to have him uh, coming up at eleven thirty-five to send us into Memorial Day weekend properly. Don is calling us from Lakewood. Hey, Don, you're on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, fire away. Ah, uh, yes. 
Hello, Bob. I am calling from the heart of Lakewood, where rainbows abound everywhere. <laughs> I, uh, what I, what I, I, I'm looking at this from the standpoint of society, and I think the answer to your query regarding the pride thing revolves around one word, and that word is narcissism. What we are seeing is a rampant epidemic of, of societal narcissism today, and everyone is involved with their own little world, and this is catalyzed, I believe, by social media uh, to a large degree, where everyone thinks that they are more important than anyone else. And this extends out to, to all of these groups and intersectional groups within these groups, and narcissists attract narcissists, and they build on one another, and dare, you dare not oppose them. Uh, we know what happens if you, if you attempt to oppose any of them. So I believe that this, this rampant narcissism is what drives this whole thing. Everyone's got to be patted on the back and, and praised about, well, their, their sexual proclivities. And it's an epidemic. And I don't know how it can be stopped. I don't think it can be stopped. But I think we, could, we should be aware of this rampant um, narcissism that's occurring in our world today. I think you're spot on. I wouldn't change anything you did say, but I might add to it. Um, you know, narcissism is, is certainly uh, a big part of this. They're, they're very, very... Um, brazen they and 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 they want to they want to show everybody how special and unique they are or in their minds but i think they also revel in the discomfort of others and i don't know if there's a word for that there might be uh it's not quite sadism although the video i'm looking at right now is literally painful to the eyes and it's very very it's wretch inducing uh, but they do they they get uh, a, a thrill and probably a sexual thrill um, out of making other people uncomfortable. There's the, there's no other way to explain. It's one thing if you want to do this whip and chain routine that I'm talking about, just that I've been describing here in the privacy of, of your own home with another consenting adult, which still makes me cringe, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's private. To do it publicly is an equal parts display of narcissism that you just pointed out, but an intent to shock. They get a sexual yeah. gratification, I think, out of shocking and making other people uncomfortable. And I think it's probably equal parts those things. And a final, a final thought. I think we could take solace in the fact that eventually they're all going to have to answer to the creator um, who they so vociferously deny. And you know who else they're going to? You know who else is going to have to answer for that? Those parents on the side of that street that brought their kids there and are letting their kids go yes. up there and touch these 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 creatures, Lord only well, knows what absolutely. kind of diseases they're teeming with. But but to whether they're there, they're giving their kids little rainbow flags to wave. They're giving kids uh, uh, money to hand to them. Uh, they're they're teaching their kids to applaud this rather than be revolted by this. And and those parents, I think, are child abusers. They're just I, I can't absolutely. say it any other way. And they're going to have to answer for that as well. Indeed. Uh, Thank you, Don. I appreciate the call. There's Don in Lakewood, sometimes not affectionately referred to as Flakewood. Uh, it's 1059. We'll get news at the top. We're going to come back. More calls. If you're on hold, stay there. We're coming to you. If you're not on hold yet, get there, and we're coming to you. On Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer.
This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. Third hour, final hour of the broadcast is underway. Final hour for the week. Final hour until Tuesday, at least for Always Right Radio. I do have three more hours this afternoon. I'll be in for Dennis Prager from noon to three, uh, which, of course, you can catch on the Salem News Channel or on DennisPrager.com. The first hour, of course, here goes to Charlie Kirk. So you just got to decide what you want to listen to starting at noon today. But I'll be in for Charlie. Then we're going to be off on Monday for Memorial Day Celebration. And uh, I'll, be at a, I'll be at a parade, a pride parade, in fact, one that is proud of the United States of America, proud of her military veterans, proud of her protectors, proud of those who gave us this great republic, proud of those who defended it, proud of those who sacrificed everything to make sure that our families could survive and thrive. That's what I'll be proud of. I'll be at a pride parade on Monday, no doubt about it. We'll have a best of show for you. But that's the only kind of pride that I can speak to, to be 100% honest with you, when it comes to parades. The rest of this nonsense. I want to share this with you super quick. Um, this was just tweeted, and I was tagged in it by um, uh, one of my Twitter followers, who, uh, and I'm also following, who wanted you to know um, that what the, the, the description that I gave of the you know, leather stud-wearing freak shows in the... Uh, big city and their pride parade from last year that I showed that I talked to you about. If you think those things are reserved for just the big cities, those things only go on in San Francisco or in, you know, New York or or whatever. You'd be you'd be sadly mistaken, um, because what Tiffany shared and others with me was another video. It's a minute forty eight seconds long of something in Salina, Ohio, called Small Town Pride. And the tweet reads, Just a little glimpse into the Small Town Pride, Salina event in Ohio that last year featured a family-friendly drag show shown in this video. Family-friendly, of course, is in quotes, because there's no such thing as a family-friendly drag show. They're planning on uh, planning planning an even bigger event next month, and the city council is too afraid of potential lawsuits to push back against this drag show targeting children. So they're going to allow it to continue. I kindly ask for your help to comment and share this post so that we can protect our children against this sexualized attempt. 
We are asking it be moved away from the city park splash pad and the playground where the children will be on this hot summer day. The community is appalled by this event, recruiting children to be present in the city park that has an ordinance against obscenity. So the bad news is this is, yes, it's going on in small towns all over this country. This is what makes it a culture war. The good news is that there are parents like this who recognize the threat, recognize the danger to children, and are pushing back. We can't get the city council to budge because they're afraid of lawsuits. Then we'll hold another event in a park that has an ordinance against obscenity. Get your kids there. Keep them there. Do not let them go to the drag uh, show that is intended to sexualize and groom children. So that that's coming up in Selena at some point in the month of groom. And make sure you join me in that vernacular, too. That's something I want to spread. I'm going to say this on the Prager Show today. I want to get the country referring to the month of June as what it is. It's going to be the month of groom. January, February, March, April, May, groom, July, August, September, October, November, December. I want this to be known as what it is. They gave an entire month to depravity and to grooming children. Let's call it what it is. I will introduce this radio show every day in the month of groom as that. The first first morning of the month of groom, the 13th morning of the month of groom, I am going to, I want this to become second nature. Because this is all about grooming children. And it is also about sexual gratification for deviance. The last caller was spot on. Narcissism, and I think I added to it sexual gratification that they get from making other people uncomfortable. Um... I said sadism. Sadism is the desire to and the sexual um, gratification that comes from harming other people. Masochism is a, a form of satisfaction, sexual gratification in harming yourself. But sadism is a sexual gratification for harming other people. I just had a friend uh, text me and said it's kind of schadenfreude, too. A little bit less that, I think. Schadenfreude, everybody knows, is taking pleasure in the pain and suffering of others. I, it's a little bit different, I think, than, uh, than sadism. But nonetheless, these people take pleasure, and I believe sexual pleasure, in watching people be uncomfortable and watching people be disgusted by them. And they want to ram it in your face. They want all of this perversion to be just, just you know, put right out there in front of you to watch you react. And I'll be honest with you, guilty. They got me. They got me. I'm going to react every single time. It's not going to be one of those things where I say, just don't look. Look away. Look away. If it doesn't bother you, just let people do whatever they want to do. Just don't, don't, don't. Don't don't watch them and they'll go away. No, they won't. If you don't watch them doing their perversion in the parades they're doing now, if the parades are sparsely attended, if the kids aren't there, they'll do something more shocking to demand that you look. That's reality. They're not going away. Every inch they're given becomes 20 miles. And so I'm going to stop giving them the itch. I'm going to stop giving them the, uh, the belief that this is okay. It is not okay. And neither is the next step that's beyond this perversion. Neither is the next step that is beyond this indoctrination and this grooming of children to be a part of this. I'm just not going to allow it. I'm sorry. Except that I'm not sorry. BJ is in North Olmstead on AM 1420, The Answer. BJ, good morning. Go right ahead. I want to segue a little bit from your what you're talking about. Okay. 
On June 18, 1953, I was a medic in Tetra College, Japan, and a group of young air, young men were on R&R from Korea. Some had been in combat, and they were aboard a C-124 double-decker transport at 5 o'clock. And they did, and at 5 o'clock I was off duty, went back to the barracks, and got a call back to get all the medics back to the dispensary. And their plane went down about five miles from our field, and all these beautiful 129 young men that were on that aircraft were lost. And we removed their bodies and put them on stretchers on a bus. And I want to memorialize these beautiful young men that died. So what I'll do is, since it's 1119, we'll take our break here. We'll build that back up. We'll come back with more phone calls. If you are still on hold, stay there. I'm coming right back to you. And if you're not on hold, you still have time to get here. I've got a special treat for you coming up at 1135 as we, again, get into the Memorial Day weekend. Terry Smith is going to be here to to recite uh, a, a very emotional poem. Uh, that was written, or not a poem, I guess I shouldn't call it a poem, but a, but a recitation uh, of a speech from Oliver Wendell Holmes that is really going to be, I think, moving. And he's uh, he's terrific. So that's coming up at 1135, but I still have time for more phone calls right after this on Always Right Radio. Okay, 1123, Always Right Radio on a Friday on AM 1420, The Answer. Let's go to um, Jim in Westlake. Jim, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Fire away. Uh, good morning, Bob. Good morning, I wanted Jim. to, uh, if I can, uh, return to, I believe uh, his name was Todd, talking about the, the old woman, the 93-year-old in Hennepin yeah. County yeah. that tax uh, foreclosure. Um, you know, there's there's a couple things that he might not be aware of, and those are that uh, if there's delinquent taxes, every every time the taxes are due, I know in Cuyahoga County they slap 10% on you, um, and then they they charge interest on that interest. It, it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if tax if grass isn't cut, they cut it for a very exorbitant fee and plop that on the uh, <clears throat> tax duplicate. Uh, the, the coercive power of the government is not going to let anybody get away with uh, not paying their taxes eventually they will be paid they sell tax lien certificates um so so what so what's your take on this what's your take on the supreme court's decision my take on the supreme court decision is that it's an absolutely good decision i mean you know if there's an overage uh that should go back to the to the uh person that they foreclosed on that's kind of how I feel about it. They've already they've already paid their taxes, and and including fees and stuff that were over and above the taxes because the government's going to get theirs. You, you can count on that. And uh, if 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 you get foreclosed on, say, uh, if, if you, a person has a house and it gets foreclosed and it doesn't sell for enough to satisfy the the banker. Uh, whoever's uh, foreclosing, mm-hmm. they slap you with the with the uh, deficiency judgment. They'll come after you for that deficiency. So it, it works both ways. So they'll ring so, it out of yeah. you if you don't have it. Yeah, they'll get it no matter what, one way or the other. And they're, if they take too it. much, they're, they don't. If they take too much, or if they sell the house for more than what your debt was, they're keeping it. That that seems to be highly uncommon, which is obviously what the Supreme Court decided. And it's very rare to get yep. a unanimous verdict. It was nine to nothing. 
The left yeah, and the that, right that members of the court something. and the center, yeah, the, and the centrists all told you the same thing here, that the government cannot do that. That's just, uh, I think that's an abuse of power, and I think that's what, that's, it is. that's why for, it was for, right. For sure it is. For sure it is. And, and yeah, they did, they did the right thing. All right. Hey, I appreciate so, the call, Jim. Thank you. God bless. Have a great weekend. Um, yeah, that's it. That's a, you know, there's another story about government and personal private property that we're going to be covering next week. Um, apparently our our friend Tom Patton, one of the trans Dems who sided with the uh, Democrat Party in the uh, uh, in the speaker's race and in the uh, uh, in, a, in a host of ways, uh, Tom Patton, the only Republican in the state uh, uh, house from Cuyahoga County, he is pushing for, as I understand it, an interchange, a, a turnpike interchange um, near Strongsville and Brunswick that, according to what I read, somebody sent this to me, and Marcy, uh, uh, our producer, gave me some information on this, too, and I'm just going to go by memory here because it's you know, similar to the story that we just talked about. But there's a movement to put an interchange there that is going to require the use of eminent domain to seize the property of numerous homeowners and also the removal and the digging up of a jet fuel line that runs beneath that neighborhood. Um, it's it's bizarre. From everything that I read, it's very bizarre because it's not something that's going to create a bunch of jobs. It's not putting a, you know, a necessary manufacturing plant or the the way I see it. And I've and I've said this. Eminent domain should be used ex- exceedingly rarely to take someone's personal property, to uproot them from maybe their lifelong home, um, to make them move, to change the own trajectory of their lives, to move to a place that might not be as convenient as far as their commute to work, to move to another location that takes their kid out of their current school and puts them in another school because schools are decided by address. All of those things, I think, mean that use of eminent domain, you, if you're seizing somebody's property, it better be for national security purposes, or it better be for an economic opportunity that is just so impactful to the entire community or to the state or to the country that it would be foolish to not make this happen. That's the only time I think eminent domain should be used to take people's personal property. But Tom Patton and others want to take people's personal property, and you know what it is. You know how it works with them in domain. They never give the property owners fair market value. They never give them what the true value of their homes is because it's a government operation. They're going to give them the leanest deal that they can give them and then say, good luck. You should never use eminent domain, in my opinion, unless, like I said, it is for a national emergency or a statewide emergency or opportunity that just cannot be said no to. And then you take extraordinary care of the people you are forcing to move as you seize their property. You don't cheapskate them. You don't half-butt them. You give them everything and anything they want because of what you are about to do to their lives. But that's, that's not what this case is. It's to make things a little more convenient, they say, for uh, for drivers who want to get off a little bit closer to, to their homes there. It'll be a convenience for a few people. It'll be a life-changing experience for all of those homeowners. 
We're going to talk about this next week. Again, I don't have all the details. I don't even know the specific location. But I do know uh, what the story is, and I do know how I feel about eminent domain. So we'll talk about that. Like I said, it was a little bit uh, similar to the story that we just talked about with the government seizing a property for unpaid taxes, and obviously the story that came off of that. Okay, we're going to take a time out here. Bottom of the hour news is coming, and then we are going to launch into Memorial Day weekend with something very, very special. I'm going to let Terry Smith tell you about it as he joins us next on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Delivering you from the depravity of the radical left. Always right radio with Bob Fratz on The Answer. Okay, it is 11.34. So um, we've been talking about Memorial Day weekend, which of course is coming right upon us here today. And hopefully you're traveling. If you are traveling, I shouldn't say hopefully you're traveling. Hopefully you're traveling safely if you are traveling. Uh, hopefully you're going to honor and pay respect to the fallen uh, uh, this weekend. And certainly with maybe with a parade on on Monday, and um, I want to welcome somebody who's going to get our Memorial Day launched. I, I talked to him a few days ago, and uh, he said one would be good. And I said, you know, one would be good to do what we're about to do. It would be the last segment of the show on Friday to launch us right into Memorial Day weekend, since we're going to have a best-of show on Monday, and we're not going to be live. Uh, Terry Smith said, I've got something that you might like. And I said, let's do it on the last segment on Friday. And so Terry Smith is going to join us now. Terry, um, I, I, I don't quite have a title to introduce you with. I don't know if you care to introduce yourself with a title, but what I will say is that you are a phenomenal historian who does an amazing job of memorizing historical speeches and delivering them without notes, without copies, simply from rote memorization, and that's what you're going to do for us here today. Terry, how are you? Good morning, Bob. Uh... Thank you for those kind words. I think I'll hang up now. <laughs> how did you? How did you start doing that, Terry? Just uh, just briefly here, because I want to give you. I want you to give us an introduction to the speech you're going to recite uh, from strictly memory. And but but how did you do this? Uh, you, you you shocked me the first time I heard you do something like this was at a a McFan meeting in which I was speaking, and uh, and you actually stood up there and recited the entire. Open our top of the hour open uh, with uh, re- a commentary from President Reagan, and now we've since adjusted, and we've got a bunch of other things on there. But that's the first time I heard you do that all from memory. So this is something; it's a, an incredible skill you have. When did you start doing this, and and how did you know you could? Well, I think uh, started. You know, I do I, I, over the years. Well, ten years ago, I, I haven't been acting too much, but you know, relatively speaking. But ten years ago, I did a, my wife and I did a local play in North Olmsted, and you know, since then I've done other plays like one or two a year just local theater mm-hmm. so I, it occurred to me at one point i said well what can i do by myself where i don't have to you know worry about a director and i can do it on my own time and do something i i like and so the first thing that came to mind was the gettysburg address so i worked on memorizing that you know a lot of people say they do that when they're kids but we never did but uh so it's uh and then i went to our vfw you know the memorial day parade in north Olmsted and asked if i could do it and the guy's you know, the commander said, well, maybe next year. I said, well, it's only two and a half minutes. Do you want me to just do it and see if you want to use it? And he goes, okay. So I said it. He goes, yeah, let's do it. So we put it in there. He, he had me do it that, that year and That's then so I did cool. it the following year. So then, yeah, you know, I just look at things on the calendar, what come up. And it, uh, for me, it takes me into the history of things. And, you know, I think it builds patriotism. A lot of it people does. like that- like them. And- 
That's the reason I wanted you to do this. So, so I'm so glad you offered. And now, because um, I think you said it's around a four-minute speech, and we are done at about 44. So we're going to get this started. But uh, just give us a quick description of what you're about to recite. Well, Oliver Wendell Holmes um, fought in the Civil War and uh, was wounded severely like three times. And uh, he later became you know, justice for the Supreme Court of the United States. But he gave this uh, speech in Keene, New Hampshire, like 20 years after he fought. And, uh, you know, it's about Memorial Day. And um, I guess, you know, they say, you know, if you can't, don't don't talk to talk if you can't walk to walk. And I think he exemplifies someone who really, you know, you get a lot of hawkish people that don't, you know, follow through on, you know, fighting. But he did that, you know, in mm-hmm. a big way. So uh, I no think question. it uh, speaks to that. And he was like 40 years old when he did this and keen, so. Yeah, no, this is absolutely appropriate and worth our time. All right, Terry Smith uh, with a Memorial Day speech by Oliver Wendell Holmes. Take it away. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Not long ago, I heard a young man ask why Memorial Day is still kept up. We may answer. Memorial Day celebrates and solemnly reaffirms from year to year a national act of enthusiasm and faith. It embodies our belief that to act with enthusiasm and faith is the condition of acting greatly. To fight out a war, you must believe something and want something with all your might. So must you do to carry anything else to an end worth reaching. You must be willing to commit yourself to a course, perhaps a long and hard one, without being able to foresee exactly where you will come out. All that is required of you is that you should go at something as hard as ever you can. The rest belongs to fate. As life is action and passion, It is required of a man that he should share the passion and action of his time at peril of being judged not to have lived. Feeling begets feeling, and great feeling begets great feeling. We can hardly share the emotions which make this day to us the most sacred day of the year without in some degree imparting them to those who come after us. I believe from the bottom of my heart that our memorial halls and our statues and the tattered flags in our state houses are worth more to our young men by way of refinement and inspiration, than the monuments of another hundred years of peaceful life could be. But it is enough for us that this day is dear and sacred. You meet an old comrade after many years of absence. He recalls the moment you were nearly surrounded by the enemy. But as surely as this day comes round, we are in the presence of the dead. For one hour on this day, when we decorate their graves, the dead come back and live with us. I see them now as once I saw them on this earth. I see a fair-haired lad, a captain, and a lieutenant, but still young, sitting by the long mess table. And I remember, as I awoke in the hospital after the battle, I heard the doctor say he was a beautiful boy. And I knew that one of those two officers was no more. I see another youthful lieutenant, as I saw him when I looked down the line. The advance was beginning. We caught each other's eye and saluted. When next I looked, he was gone. He entered the, ar- entered the army at 19. Already at the head of his regiment, he was little more than a boy. But the grizzled corps commanders knew and admired him. And for us, his death seemed to end a portion of our life also. I speak of those whom I have seen, but you all have known such. You too, remember. It is not of the dead alone that we think on this day. There are those whose sex forbade them to offer their lives, but who gave instead their happiness, those lovely, lonely women around whom the wand of sorrow has traced its excluding circle. Not all of those whom we once loved and revered are gone. On this day, at least, we still meet and rejoice, 
in the closest tie which is possible between men, a tie which suffering has made indissoluble. When we meet thus, we do honor to the dead in terms which must embrace the living. In our youth, our hearts were touched with fire. It was given to us at the outset to learn that life is a profound and passionate thing, and yet every year in the full tide of spring, at the height of the symphony of flowers and love and life, there comes a pause. And year after year, honor and grief. From us who have seen the best and noblest of our generation pass away. But grief is not the end of all. I hear the funeral march become a song of joyful phrase, joyful praise. I see beyond the forest. Our dead brothers still live for us and bid us think of life, not death, of life. To which in their youth they lent the passion and joy of the spring. And as I listen, the great chorus of life and joy begins again. And amid the orchestra of seen and unseen powers of good and evil, our trumpets sound once more a note of daring, hope, and will. And so, ladies and gentlemen, a very pleasant and peaceful Memorial Day to you all. That was Oliver Wendell Holmes speaking at the John Sedgwick post of the Grand Army of the Republic in Keene, New Hampshire, 1884, Memorial Day. Can you dig it? For those who uh, for those who question whether or not Terry uh, read that uh, speech or memorized and recited that speech, you need to see him. He does it on stage. It's a remarkable thing. Standing there, <clears throat> completely devoted notes, note cards, teleprompters, or anything. It's really an incredible thing because that shows your passion and your commitment to what you're doing, Terry. <clears throat> if you uh, take the time to read it that many times to the point where it becomes you know, almost encyclopedic for you, for you to be able to quote from it. You obviously take it very, very seriously, and that is what shines through as far as I'm concerned. So, Terry, thank you for doing what you do. Uh, I appreciate that very much. It was uh, very well received, and I can't wait to see what you've got for us for Independence Day. All right. Thank you for having me on, Bob. No pressure, by the way. No pressure. But we'll we'll be expecting something for, for Independence Day. Thank you, Terry Smith. God bless you. Uh, there you go. That's Terry Smith. Uh, he's, you know, he's, uh, he's very active in the Republican, uh, uh, GOP, GOP, uh, Repu- what am I trying to say? Cuyahoga County Republican Party politics as well. Uh, and he's, uh, he's just a terrific historian. That was great. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you appreciated that. And I hope you think about it a little bit too, because that's what it's all about. So Memorial Day weekend is here. Today that we can indeed celebrate pride. But in this is, this is about the only time you're going to be able to celebrate pride for a little while. Uh, pride in our country, pride in our troops, pride in those who sacrifice, pride in those that we memorialize this Memorial Day weekend. The Pride Month that is coming after is an entirely different affair, and we'll talk about that again probably come Tuesday. Best of show on Monday. Make sure you tune in for that. We have a lot of great interviews you may have missed. We're going to replay for you then. So I wish you a very happy, blessed holiday weekend. Be well, be safe, stay free. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.